Good morning. Cats are interesting creatures. I am a dog person, but I have a cat. Compliments of a friend who rescued three barn kittens and somehow talked me into raising one of them. Lion, the cat, spends most of his day sleeping, but when he is ready for attention, he plops onto my lap and always at the most inconvenient moment, like when I'm officiating morning Zoom prayer and his tail is swishing in front of my eyes as I try to read the liturgy. When the cat is done with me, he returns to his lair and more sleeping. Of course, in the middle of the night, the cat is well rested and ready to prowl through my kitchen cupboards, or sometimes in the middle of the night, I'll hear a spoon being batted into the kitchen sink. It's a little bit like having Casper the friendly ghost live with you. The Gospel of John this morning. This Gospel is written after Matthew, Mark, and Luke, yet it bears little similarity to the earlier Gospels. It's the only one that tells us exactly why it is written. In the 20th chapter, the author says the Gospel is written, quote, so that you may come to believe and that through believing you may have life. John teaches us about God's proximity and God's companionship, like the way Jesus the Christ chooses to come among us and abide in us. In today's gospel, Jesus tells us that when he leaves, the Holy Spirit will come among us to be our companion forever. This conversation takes place on Monday, Thursday. It is after the dinner, after the foot washing, and after Judas has gone into the night to set in motion the passion of Christ. Jesus' time is short. He has much to say to us and very little time to communicate the mystery that is unfolding. What he chooses to tell us in this moment is important. He explains his identity within the Trinity and then he makes a contract with us that we will see fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. If you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. Fast forward 50 days or so from Easter day and we arrive at today, the day of Pentecost. Between Maundy Thursday and today, the disciples have been on an emotional roller coaster. On Monday, Thursday, Jesus laid out the future and then their friend was crucified. He was gone. Three days later, while the disciples were huddled together in a room wondering what to do next, Christ rises from the dead and walks among them until the day of ascension, and then he is gone again. Now the disciples have gathered together, and they are wondering what to do next. The text describes an amazing scene Wind coming into the house where the apostles are hanging out. The entire house fills with wind. 
and all of them were touched by and filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other languages and the people were able to hear in their own native languages. The apostles had been waiting for this moment because Christ told them it was coming. They expected the Holy Spirit. Though they didn't know when or how, they were open to this holy moment. For most of the 30 years that I've known my friend DJ, he avoided cats. If he was planning a visit to my house, he had to take Benadryl to tolerate his allergy to cat dander. But even with Benadryl, if he lingered for an hour, he would feel miserable. But a funny thing happened a couple years ago. A feral cat began hanging around DJ's house and DJ began talking to the cat. As time went by, the cat got a bit braver and would get a bit closer. And then DJ did the thing our mothers told us to never do. He put out a bowl of food for the cat. <laughs> the cat would wait, being feral, until there were no humans around and eat the food. The next thing I knew, DJ had named the cat. Her name is Buddy. Buddy was comfortable with this particular human, and this particular human was comfortable with this particular Buddy. At a point, Buddy was welcomed into the house, mind you, just the kitchen and only for dining. But then Buddy was welcomed into the rest of the house. And then the cat was staying indoors for longer and longer periods. During our Zoom human flourishing curriculum, Buddy was usually napping in the background of our sessions. How and why did a feral cat and a person who avoided cats develop companionship? And all of that without Benadryl. There's no allergy with Buddy. On that first Pentecost, Many people were amazed by the apostles who were speaking in languages, but being understood in other languages. I love hearing Deacon Io proclaim the gospel in his native language as I try remembering the words in English. It is just a taste of what these people must have experienced that first time. What a gift to us. The folks listening to the apostles were curious and they wanted to understand what was happening. Yet, just as Jesus warned, there were others who were not as open to the Spirit. They saw the work of the Holy Spirit and said, yeah, those guys are drunk. They've been drinking too much wine. They were not prepared to see or receive the gift of God's companionship. Dr. Will Gaffney, an Episcopal priest and scholar at Bright Divinity, wrote this about our lectionary today. Each of these texts speak of the companioning of God, but not always in the way or with the results that persons may wish. While we might affirm the presence of God in all times, in all places, and with all persons, that does not preclude suffering, sorrow, or loss. We see that truth in the life of Jesus, the Son of God crucified. We see that truth in the emotional roller coaster of the apostles, and we know most of them 
would be martyred. Our engagement with Harry Potter during last year's Christian formation was all about understanding God's presence and agency in the midst of human suffering. Holy companionship is God's agency in our world, in our time. And we have a role. It is the calling of the church to restore all people to unity with God and each other in Christ. We do this by praying together, worshiping together, working toward justice and peace, and loving others as Christ loved us. In a nutshell, that is Christian discipleship. Jesus and the apostles lived in a violent world. We live in a violent world. Mass murders in Buffalo, Uvalde, Tulsa. Stories flood our news wires one after the other. There's hardly time to absorb one before the next one. Faithful people respond to that kind of suffering and loss by coming together to worship. We offer our prayers and lament like the litany we read last week. It is our way of saying, come Holy Spirit, walk with me, abide in me. We're not just asking for a, a companion to keep us company and contentedly purr on our lap. We are asking for a holy companion to equip us to love our neighbors as ourselves to participate in this broken world as disciples of Christ. The world may believe that investing in a bigger moat, a taller fence, or a more sophisticated security system will deliver safety from the violence of our world. But our morning prayer intercessions read, and they have read thus for generations, give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. The Gospel of John invites us to belief, to live in faith, hope, and love, to walk through this life with a holy companion who meets us where we are, but does not leave us where he found us, to have abundant, everlasting life. The Holy Spirit is here among us, like Lion and Buddy, we are free to choose relationship when we are ready and open to it. But for us, this companionship is with God. God is always waiting, open to us. May the companionship of the holy and undivided Trinity be known to us in the breaking of the bread. Amen.